All right, I gotta know. Yes, I'm about to activate it. No, 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 not that. What the hell does Cree mean? Well, actually, it means a lot of things. Um, loosely translated, it means uh, attention, listen up, concentrate. You who? Yes, in a manner of speaking. Huh. Okay. Here goes. For me, you, it's Andrew here on the Cree Who Who is Stargate Fancast. We're talking about Season 1, Episode Enigma, number 17 in the series. It is, again, um, May 2018. I'm just doing a couple of episodes where I can fit them in. No promises about anything coming regularly. I'm just doing it because I can. We'll see how it goes. Anyway, so let's get into this episode. Hey, cool! It's that volcano planet from the opening titles. Maybe uh, your DVDs or whatever, maybe that your opening titles just have that uh, view of the mask, you know, the tracking shot all over it. My DVD has the, uh, the clips, and <laughs> this planet features heavily in the opening clips. And, of course, that planet is Tolana. No, it's Tolan. So... This was bothering me for a while. Is this Tolan or Tolana? Because it's called different things, and my memory said it was Tolana, but they were saying Tolan. And then, of course, I just looked it up and realized, oh, Tolan is the first planet, the one that we see with the volcanoes that's destroying itself, and Tolana is the new planet they go to, which we see in later episodes. Anyway, our friends the Tolan. We meet them here. In enigmatic people, indeed. So I'm going to give one point straight away for this close-up of Daniel. It's the uh, his opening title card face headshot. So and, it, and it's in this episode. So whatever, cool. There's one point. I'm, uh, yeah, I also gave it another point for the obvious reference to Pompeii. Like the writers, I feel like started with, "Hey, what if we went to a planet that was like Pompeii?" Ooh, good idea. <laughs> Except the be Canadians. Ooh, what about a planet like Pompeii? Ooh, sorry. Ooh, sorry. Anyway, this guy wakes up in the ash, sees Carter in slow motion, grabs her. Is it just me, or is her acting in these early series so freaking scaredy? Like, she becomes a badass really, really quickly, but this first series, she's very, uh, hmm, big on the scared emotions. Good acting, Taffy. <laughs> Good acting, Amanda. <laughs> so, we take the survivors of the volcano thing back to the SGC, and we have uh, that awesome transition from the gate room into the briefing room through the water jug, which is great camera work there. Who's the director? I think it's William Garrity. I don't know what he looks like, so I can't tell if he made a cameo in this episode, but yeah, he's got, he's got some really cool camera movements in this episode. I'm a big fan of his, even though I can't say I've ever noticed him before. The only people I've noticed have been uh, Martin Wood, Peter DeLuise, Andy Makita, and that's about it. The only people I could really tell you, like, you know, they have, like, a style. Yeah, anyway, we'll keep an eye out for this guy in the future. Um, I gave another point for this this lady airwoman, or SF, 
Um, she comes back to give a message to Hammond, and it's she's from Hathor, and I looked her up. Uh, so her name is Tracy Westerholm, and she's Amanda Tapping's stand-in, <laughs> which is why she's around the set, and which is why they use her for quite a few things, because she makes a few other appearances, so give her. So that's three points already. All right. I gave another wild card point for the appearance of this older guy, Tobin Bell. He's... Omok, the leader of the Tolan, he's Mr. Bad Attitude. Um, he's from Alias. Sidney Bristow is the mole. Great drama. And he's also the guy from Saw. The Saw guy. So cool, he's in this. And in contrast to Mr. Bad Attitude, there's Mr. Bright Eyes. Well, I, I'm blanking on his name right now, but he comes back as Samantha Carter's love interest. And I was reading online, you know, trying to do some research. Uh, he makes an appearance in Stargate Atlantis as another character. I hate when they do that. Like, do you think we would have noticed? I haven't seen Stargate Atlantis, so what the hell am I complaining about? We'll get there, huh? We'll get there. So, they've got to go back and check out the planet, see if it's still habitable, because they're not happy. These Tolans, bad attitudes, not happy with anything. You're so primitive. So, they check out the planet with the UAV. Now, back in the 90s, maybe? Cool. UAV. Cool. Military. It's 2018. How do we feel about drones nowadays? You know? How, how do... Hmm. Maybe I'd never, like, thought about it or never noticed or cared. Now I'm kind of looking at that going, oh, I don't really like the military having drones. <laughs> given the choice, you know, were I in charge of it, um, the, you know, killing of people extrajudicially. Anyway, as I did briefly mention, we, yes, Daniel hops into the room and says, uh, Carter, he wanted to see you, and Daniel's so informing us that this episode will feature some sexual tension with Nareem. So ding, 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 ten points on the board. Is that the first time Sam's done that? No, not exactly. I mean, there's that whole thing about the, when she was kidnapped by the Mongols, and mm, I don't know if that counts. This might be some of the first. Anyway, Nareem wants to go see the outside world. So we got to another point there for the stock, stock footage guys walking around out by the gate. Um, and God, that is some good flattery skills of his, isn't it? He's really a charmer. And all superstition. There was a time before reason and science when my ancestors believed in all manner of nonsense. Like the Sherman. The story goes that if a Shermao appears at the moment of death, she will take you to her dwelling in the stars. Ah, we call them angels. Then you still believe them? Some of us do. Ours were reported to be quite beautiful. And when I saw you, well, you seemed to fit the description. <laughs> and then I learned from Dr. Jackson that you're also a brilliant scientist. <laughs> I'm afraid I asked quite a few questions. What a smooth talker. So anyway, we get another point because guess what? Chevron 7 locked. And who says that? It's Gary Jones. Five points. Ding, ding, ding. This episode is ringing up the points really quickly. So they're talking about like, they're sending the UAV back. Why, why does it take three seconds to travel? I thought they sort of cleared, I mean, it took some time in the, the original movie, the feature film, to travel. But 
isn't it supposed to be instantaneous? When you step through, you, I, I'm pretty sure we establish later that your perception is that it's instantaneous. So what does that mean? Like, you're going through a wormhole, are you like, because it's, we're dealing with relativistic matters here, does that mean you're like losing three seconds of your life every time you, <laughs> you step through a wormhole? <laughs> you know, like, if you're traveling the speed of light, people will age, or you'll, you, and you'll stay the same, or you'll age faster or slower or something, you know, is that coming into play here? What's happening to those three seconds? Why, why does it not apply to radio signals? I'm a little sketchy on that, and I suspect they just threw in that arriving on the other gate in three, two, one. Just add a little spice into the dialogue. I don't think it fits with the established thing. Here's me being a nitpicker. Hmm. What's that? Oh, I got some nits over here I could pick. Yay. <laughs> um, in episodes like this, I gotta say, this is a Samantha Carter, Daniel Jackson episode, right? I mean, last one with Teal being kidnapped for the core eye. That was a Teal episode and kind of an O'Neill episode. This one is a Carter and, and Jackson episode. And I really notice in this next bit, like, O'Neill gets involved in that they should stay, we should re relocate them, I'm opposed to them being prisoners, all that. Why? I really begin to notice that in the first series they really spread the lines around and it's very obvious and transparent that they're just trying to keep all the characters in the story, even though when organically they may not be. For example, season 8, season 7, season, season 6 even, there are plenty of episodes where uh, Colonel O'Neill is simply not in it because, you know, the actor wanted to spend some time away from the show, you know, uh, and they just, you know, did, it wasn't a big change. No one really noticed because there's plenty of stories to tell where one character isn't really called for. Anyway, we push on. There was another push and swell point on Daniel when he's having that conversation that they're now refugees. Yada yada, more bonding with the Carter and the Nareem. And then they escape up to the surface and they hunt them at night with dogs and torches. My question is why is Tilk hunting with a staff weapon on Earth? He can't discharge it. What if there were people watching? Or is he just searching inside a little secure area around the mountain? In which case, uh, the people who are keeping that area secure should be doing the, the hunting. No? I don't get it. <laughs> I don't think they were thinking about these things so early on. I think this is probably a case of, oh, he's the alien. When we see him with a weapon, he's got to be holding an alien weapon to reinforce to everybody, oh yeah, this guy's the alien. And I'm gutted, let's face it, because I can't give any points for Tilk trying to be a human, <laughs> which I would always love to do. Um, anyway, they come back, and they're offering a relocation deal with, it's those guys with from the Land of Light! I love those guys! With the minotaurs, <laughs> the slightly plump body shapes, and the hedonistic life where the farms are bountiful and abundant <laughs> and fruitful, <laughs> pleasure is... <laughs> I love these guys. You get the feeling they're just having an orgy in 24 hours <laughs> sunlight. <laughs> uh, but they're too primitive, of course, to be acceptable. And then we get this explanation of the non-interference, the isolationism, because they gave another planet, Sarita, this technology, and it went kaboom! So they're not going to share it with anyone else. And this is actually really kind of cool. I'm not going to give it a point, but it's um, invoking that uh, 
what is it, the, the Fermi paradox. If there's so many potential alien worlds, how come we haven't found anybody? And one answer to this is that the aliens are keeping us in a little bubble on our own, not letting us know, not letting us get any further so that we don't do any harm to ourselves or the rest of the galaxy. So it's cool that they uh, are bringing real science, real theory into the show. Turns out their escape was just a test, and you reacted exactly as we expected. I love doing this guy's voice. Sydney Bristow is the mole. It was a test. Your people reacted exactly as we expected. With violence to solve your problem. Blah. <laughs> oh, so good. And we watched the footage of their escape on the monitors, and guess what? They're going out of phase. They don't exactly call it that, and we learn about that all later, but that's what they do. They go out of phase, but only with walls. <laughs> and somehow they don't go out of phase with the floor. And my question about that is, you know, apparently gravity, gravitational waves, do, do they not get involved in this phase shifting? Like, are people who are shifted out of phase suddenly free-floating in space? But apparently the rules of gravity still apply. It blows my mind. It's, yeah, one of those things we have to let go because it's just TV. It's not going to make a damn lick of sense. But anyway, so there's five points for the going out of phase. And guess who's here to claim the prize for the NID? It's Harry Rayborn. I know I already gave some wildcard awesome points for awesome things, but I'm going to give ten more. Fuck here I am. Because it's the introduction of Mayborn and the NID. This is not what you want beyond that of the gold. That's exactly what the President and Joint Chiefs want to hear. Colonel Mayborn, sir, NID. Intelligence? What happened to Kennedy? Promoted. I took his place. Promoted? Talk about failing upwards. Colonel O'Neill. And the sparring begins. I read about your conflict with Colonel Kennedy in his report. I assure you, such an attitude will not prevail with me in either direction. I sense that. <laughs> Would you mind telling me exactly why you're here, Colonel? You didn't get my advance. Oh, he's so weasley. I love Maywon. <laughs> oh, boy. So good to see it. So, you gotta love Hammond in the next scene getting in his face. We don't have any idea what kinds of diseases they might be carrying. You're out of your league here, gentlemen. We're playing in my ballpark now. And I have the full authority of the president. So do I, Colonel. Why don't you ask the airman outside to show you to our guest quarters? That's okay. I'll wait. That wasn't an invitation. It was an order, Colonel. Oh, you better run away. <laughs> so good. Anyway, the Talon. There's just convinced it's going to happen again. We didn't listen. <laughs> and Mayborn's talking about, like, I have the president's permit. Who is this president that makes all these decisions that are so stupid and short-sighted like the NID, for God's sake? I read on the Stargate Wikipedia, no, Stargate Wikia, um, which I'm reading a lot of lately to try and catch up, because there's some beautifully informed and resourceful people on there. I read that it's assumed to be Bill Clinton, which is fine, I get, and then there's Henry Hayes later on, that, who 
there's a fictional president introduced in Series 7 to take on the challenge of Anubis, but that comes much later. So yeah, I guess Bill... My name is Bill. I guess Bill Clinton's the one responsible for all of this. So, O'Neill has another tanty, and I really don't know why he cares. He, he He's the military man who so often just says, later on, when people can't figure out a diplomatic solution, Ah, to hell with them! Let them rot! Why does he care about these people? Who are being so obstructive and disrespectful. This is totally out of character, well, for his later character, anyway. <sighs> the joys of season one, where things were still being fleshed out. <laughs> and this thing about Daniel can't be court-martialed, what shit? He's... <laughs> he's certainly under their authority and jurisdiction as a civilian contractor or whatever. Anyway, so, he's... Daniel, he's got this Knox plan. The only other people who have called us so stupid and primitive are these Knox folks. Maybe they'll get along with you really well. <laughs> So he goes through the wall outside and they send that message to the beam thing. And it's I, I gave it another point there because it's an obvious reference to the folding paper explanation of time travel and what and whatever wormhole travel and I will find this honest trailer from YouTube right now where it points out this exact thing. Hey, they totally ripped that off. The following trailer is rated as for spoilers and dumbed-down analogies so the audience can keep up. If a black hole is an oyster, then the singularity is the pearl in time. So a wormhole bends space like this, so we can take a shortcut through. Hey, you stole that one from Event Horizon. And the spacecraft passes through the gateway, space returns to normal. But Coop won't have to make this journey. <laughs> there you go. The YouTube channel Honest Trailers, uh, no, Screen Junkies Honest Trailers for Interstellar. The folding of the space-time analogy. But then again, <laughs> Stargate did it first. Was this episode of Stargate before Event Horizon? Maybe it wasn't Event Horizon 98? Anyway, who cares? One point for obvious reference is obvious. Not an egregious one. Ugh, the love scene in Carter's lab. Don't you love her lab in the 90s? It's full of all these gigantic CRT monitors. <laughs> The uh, emotion recorder, uh, sometimes called recall device. Isn't that cute? But does this not constitute sharing of technology? <laughs> does Can she not recall his uh, feelings on particle physics or quantum mechanics or anything as well as part of this? Why? Yeah. Whatever. We have a custom that expresses more than... Yeah, lovely. Cool. And then Daniel comes in, whoops, it's the greatest. And then we have another cool line from Miss Tracy, what was her name? Westerholm. Thank God for my notes. Whoops. Uh, sorry. There's <laughs> stuff in here. John Hammond, sir, the refugees, they've disappeared. What do you mean, disappeared? I mean, like poof, sir. They went through the wall. I told you to keep the guards inside the room to prevent that from happening again. We were inside the room, sir. I stood in the path myself. And? They went right through me, sir. <laughs> uh, and then they're in the gate room, and the knocks are dialing in, and we get another point for Chevron 7 locked. Woohoo! And the knocks comes back. Liar. The cute one. Am I wrong, or is she a really, 
really cute alien. <laughs> Your race has learned nothing, but you have. Oh, I'm so glad to see the Nox again. I'm so glad to see these guys. <clears throat> hey, the Nox have that power to make things invisible, right? That's their whole thing. I noticed that the Nox liar lady who comes in, she makes the Tolan disappear. But she also makes the guns disappear out of the soldiers' hands. Now, I thought that it was just like making things invisible, was it not? <laughs> but these actually disappear um, into thin air and vanish, and the guys are left holding nothing and grabbing at thin air. I didn't think that's how it worked. But anyway, it's science fiction, Andrew. Get over it. <laughs> ah, what a cool quote to end on. God, I love those people. Oh, the evil look from Mayborn as he exits. The clunk of the lights as they turn back on. And everybody running out to the Stargate to end. What of Mayborn? Oh, he's not a happy camper. There'll be hell to pay when he gets back to Washington. What? Oh, just thinking what the little guy with funny hair once told us. The very young do not always do as they told. Yeah. <laughs> that also reminds me of that line from The Matrix, I was compelled to disobey. Episode done. And it's at times like that when everyone's standing on the ramp together at the end after this big emergency that makes me wonder, where the hell is SG Teams 1 through 12? <laughs> or however many SG Teams they've got going at the moment. I know that that number changed quite a lot <laughs> as the thing went on, but where is everybody? Where, in God's name, is everybody else? Yeah, how come there's only four people who really deal with all the big emergencies? <laughs> it's TV, Andrew. Get over it. Um, I read on the thing that in the role-playing game backstory, which apparently is canon, <laughs> somehow. Um, it says that Mayborn used the Beta Gate, which you remember is the Antarctic Gate, which was recovered from the Antarctic, moved to Area 51, and then stolen by the NID and taken to a warehouse later. Mayborn used it to go and pick up one more Tolan survivor from Tolan, and he also picked up a bunch of their technology, but it was fried with the volcanic lava. Liquid hot magma. Cool. My question about that being canon is this episode is before Solitudes which is the next episode so it's before we we knew there was a beta gate so the timeline does not work there screw you role-playing game tie-ins anyway tallying up the points I see this episode got 41 and let me just check I'm pretty sure that's the record we have a new winner Yes, the scoreboard, the top three are The Enemy Within with 36, Children of the Gods with 26, Fire and Water with 23. Knocking those out is this episode, Enigma, with 41 points. Alright, this was a fun one, lots of cool stuff, some great camera work, as I said, a lot of introducing of stuff that comes later, and a lot of cool callbacks from the Knox and whatnot. God, it's good to see Mayborn. <laughs> My favorite weasel. And all the Schrodinger's cat stuff was good. Yeah, enjoyable episode. This was fun. 
I'll catch you next time, whenever that may be. Come try ya! And take my tea. Or, yeah. <laughs>